nothing changes. Fucking Nazis. They were Nazis, dude? Oh, come on, Donnie. They were threatening castration. Uh-huh. Are we going to split hairs here? No. Man. Am I wrong? Well, he... he man, they Am were I? nihilists, man. Huh? They kept saying they believed in nothing. Nihilists. Fuck me. I mean, say what you want about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Yeah. This guy's gonna hurt us, Walter? No, Donnie. These men are cowards. This is your partner. Has the whole world gone crazy? Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Market zero! They're calling the cops, man. Put the piece away. Market zero! Say it back. Well, good morning. Good morning, Sunday morning. Good morning, Sunday morning. <laughs> One of the most in- ridiculous political statements ever. And now in, it burned into my brain and, and unbidden, just echoing in my mind every Sunday. Every now. Sunday morning, yep. Just Pelosi's voice. Good morning, Sunday morning. <laughs> no. <laughs> So fucking weird. I want it out. I want it out of there. Nah, it's not going anywhere, dude. Anyway, welcome. It's uh if you couldn't tell by the jokes we were making, it's a it's a morning time for us. And it is yes. Sunday. Yeah. And it, and it is a Sunday. We're drinking because, coffee. Because Matt has fucking family obligations and third on this weekend. <laughs> Sorry. In, in the morning only. I'm grumpy. I'm grumpy. Paul's grumpy. Paul's salty right now. I just I'm if, only grumpy because I slept very little because my sleep schedule is not normal fix it no well then to get used to let by not normal i don't mean bad i just mean it's not it doesn't fit in with society paul don't you know not normal is always bad that's right yeah (laughs) paul's what we call a night owl yeah i am a night hawk as matt once said by accident uh, (laughs) what are they called night hawks which i prefer i'm a night partridge hawk I was thinking of the. I was being a hipster and thinking of the cinema in Brooklyn, the Nighthawk cinema. Yeah, right. You were thinking of like a Marvel character or something, you nerd. No, is there <laughs> yeah. a Nighthawk Marvel character? I don't know. Probably. There's Hawk. There's Hawkeye. Eye. Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, with the other who's, who does Ant Man? Spider Man. <laughs> it sounds like it should be his natural enemy is Spider-Man. True. <laughs> uh, Ant-Man's bad guy is Beehive or something. Bee-Man. The Wasp. The Wasp. Yeah. No, isn't the, I thought the Wasp was his si- his friend. No, is that the right? Wasp is, in the movie, he was bad. Okay, I forget. Wasp. Ba- wasp. Wasps, wasps are bad. 
They are. They don't make honey and they can sting forever without dying immediately. Which I think should be illegal. I think we need to pass a law about that. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's. A, I'm pretty sure that goes against the laws of nature. <laughs> which we've which we've decided also. Which, and which we're going to be talking about a little bit. True, because um, uh, what is it that we're discussing today? We're talking about uh, a little book by Ivan Turgenev called Daddies and Laddies. Yeah, <laughs> Daddies and Laddies. Uh, AKA, uh, you, you uh, people not in the know might know it as Fathers and Sons. Yes. Uh, the, the, one of the most famous and well-respected, I think, novels in, in Russian literature. Um Claim to be the like first the first novel ever written in Russia, right? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, was the first book anyone wrote in Russian. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 wild. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it, it. It does have a reputation of as being sort of one of the first Russian novels to kind of like break through to a Western critical audience, right? Where and 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 get respected at that level. Yeah, this uh, yeah. Th- this is in that era where it, it like made like social waves, which is always something that seemed like it was pretty cool to experience, especially as a writer back in the day. Like everyone's right. talking, you know. It's like now it's just like people are reading like not not bad stuff necessarily, but you know, it's like everyone's just the, talking about Sally Rooney all the time, right? Or just something like that. Yeah. Uh, but before it was like you'd be like, "Do you have what is your take?" No Tino shade on Sally Rooney. I've never read a word of her book, so I don't know. No, it's just, you know, the, the social import of fiction writing is almost D- gone. It's different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you, yeah, you don't, have to, you don't have to have a take on a book anymore. Or, like, you're not expected to have read a, a, any of these, any book. Because the, the sort of immediate um, Probably like names. In, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, the sort of immediate names after this or after Turgenev is like Dostoevsky and Tolstoy, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think that's the next sort of like evolution in Russian literature. When did those come out again? Uh, I think like, eighteen sixty-two. Uh, okay. The brothers Kar- Karamazov came out like four years after this book or something. Okay. I was guessing, but I think it's close. But those but were people was, like, also the... trying to change like Russian society, and like that was like the express even like goal of what they were doing. It looks they like really a... they could. It looks like brothers. K was like more like ten years. It was like seven, eight, eighteen seventy nine and eighteen eighty because it came out in okay. in serial format. Yeah, but yeah, people say that Ivan is kind of like the you know he's like the grandfather of these you know fathers and sons that came after him. Yeah, the OG dude. He's the father, right. and they're the sons, dude. <laughs> Pater familius. Yeah. So. So yeah, we we read. That's the one we read for today. So see, good episode. See ya. <laughs> right, bye. I'm gonna go back to it sleep. was, it was pretty good. Uh, you chose it though, Gabe. So you have to defend True. your your reasoning here. Um, well, I know this is a very controversial pick, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, really kind of stepping out on a limb here. Not, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, you know, I picked it. I think for obvious reasons. It's it's just a, a classic, and I've never read it, and it's historically and literarily important from everything that I can could have could gather, and. Uh, I figured, uh, you know, check it out, you know, because I and also, you know, I want to be a little bit of a hipster and read, uh, you know, not read Tolstoy and Dostoevsky. So that's like, oh, they're doing Russian literature. Let's pick like it, you know, because these days I feel like Turgenev historical importance aside is like a little bit less read st- still than like some of the other big ones. 
at least Dostoevsky gets like all the push. Yeah, exactly. Basically, completely. Yeah, yeah. Dostoevsky Most, and, and Tolstoy to a degree. Peterson these days, does Jordan Peterson talk about Dostoevsky? Yes. Yeah, it's like yeah, he like thinks he thinks he's... Brothers K is the best novel ever written. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. he thinks that you should only read him. Basically, well, that means I'm, now I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, ipso facto, uh-huh. uh, QED. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's basically why I picked it. And uh, have you have you read it before, Matt, or no? No, th- I was kind of glad to you know have the reason to to do it. Um, yeah. I kind of forgot about it, and then, so no, I I have not read it. So it is hipster. Yes, yeah. <laughs> if I'm the litmus test, then sure. Well, no, I mean, like you said, it's like it's one that kind of does it gets gets uh, skipped over, I guess, a little bit in the discussion. Well, I feel like it's either you've like majored or like taken some class on Russian literature, in which case it's mandatory. Otherwise, right. it can probably just slide right by you as you get pushed. The like what you're saying, like the the Dostoevsky or something, or the Solzhenitsyn or something. Yeah, I feel like Turgenev is sort of the. Uh... The, the 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 Russian literature students it's the it's the Russian literature guys Russian writer whereas Dostoevsky and Tolstoy are for casuals. Well, this is what we we're talking about. He, <laughs> Basic bros. The claim of the claim of him being the first like novelist, I guess, like proper in Russia, Ever. I guess, is is the claim. Which I I, I I just don't know enough to evaluate at all. I'm sure there's tons of academic, you know, sort of arguments about the finer points of that. But I think you, like you said, the popularization of the book and like the characters in it to being like, apparently saying someone was a bizarre or whatever was like, a just a normal, like colloquial term for a long time. Yeah. Like, just calling someone a nihilist, you just call them like an Ivan or a bizarre. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's again, like that, like you said, it was a cultural, it was a cultural social moment really. You know, yeah, and knowing and you know, I did, you know, not obviously like a full historian's background on this. Because did you guys get a chance to read the like pref the like eight preface things that were which, before it? Which edition no. did you guys have? Because I have the the Norton Critical, um, and there's just uh, there's only a very short preface in mine. There's a ton of essays and shit at the end, obviously, and excerpts from um, like Turgenev's letters and stuff. But I didn't really dig into that too much. I didn't really have time. I have the the Penguin Classics edition. Yeah, I think I have a uh, Kindle, but I think yeah. Oh, you have the one with the with the the hot guy on the cover. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I took that pic for the Discord though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny. But the the you know. Uh, and you can get I, on the by the way, everyone. You can get on the Discord if you join the Spinecrackers Patreon. www.patreon.com/slash/spinecrackers for as little as two dollars a month to listen to the full episodes. Enjoy the Discord. I mean, what what else are you gonna do with two dollars? It's nothing. You can buy like yeah, four gumballs. Nothing. With that. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Or, or a wealth of intellectually stimulating discourse. And, and, and you can make yeah, new. And you can make new friends. Get smarter, chew gum. Yeah. You can fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> get smarter, chew gum, and I'm all out of gum. The choice is yours. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Matt. I interrupted you. Oh no! It's just just like you know. I, I think the other thing is that um, because it's like. The, the 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 splash that Bizarrov as a character made, uh, the whole like sort of conflict within it, is at once very quaint and feels uh, very like uh, almost cute and and genteel and simplistic now, in in light of like what almost felt like a, a 
like a post-structuralist viewpoint, right? Like it felt like the nihilists were kind of like almost, or at least Bazarov was like, uh, he had some, some sort of postmodern almost, not that you could draw like a fully direct line, but like, but then, but then also, uh, like this, this gave, I think the label of nihilism to a certain movement like the, this it wasn't that it wasn't like called that it didn't have that hard label yeah right yeah until, i mean some I, so i think there's a, a, a an argument that Turgenev coined the term really really i i, I believe so in the sense of it being like a, a used to describe that what term nihilism, nihilism yeah but maybe, I mean, maybe i'm maybe i'm twisted on that but i i think there was a note in this book somewhere that that there's a a case to be made that Turgenev was kind of like the first one to use that term to describe uh, that this, like, that outlook. worldview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because prior to that, I mean, well, see if the I term was it. around though, and it meant something very different than how the book uses it. At well, least that's that, my perspective of, but of the I, term from the novel. It I don't know. Seem like how I think about nihilism is not how it's described by Borkakov in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's just gonna Paul's just gonna uh, comically and and uh, go out of his way to say the name is wrong. Well, what did you think it was? What did you think nihilism was before hearing Bazarov like give his account of it? I mean, my my view of, of it was mostly that like at the core of it that nothing matters to the point of like n- not even pain or your own pain, like a, a deeply rooted feel like belief in nothingness. To the point where absolutely nothing matters. Yeah, and that's very different than than his view. Okay, so I was so yeah, yeah. You, you were right, Paul. The term the term was around um, for a while, but uh, you know, in in Germany in the like 1700s and stuff is kind of like when it was first started to be uh, be used. But apparently, it, it, there was a, a, a sort of um, time period when it kind of like wasn't fell out of use, even in the philosoph- philosophical literature and stuff. And Turgenev did sort of revive the term, um, okay, uh, in in um, in when he, when this book came out. Yeah. Well, this is why I was thinking like the, it has a sort of um, the early an early like sort of taste of what would post structuralism would do in the sense that his nihilism seems to be more just like an intense criticism and skepticism of any received wisdom or like authority yeah essentially there's yeah. like a little touch of the because i mean what they're sort of dancing around is like there's there's a touch of like the more of like the anarchy is what you would think of in it than the nihilism so right. i kind of agree with what you're saying paul like it's it's more anarchic than it is nihilistic well he also and he also does buy and my feeling was that he kind of bought into like the the was it the overman a little bit? He was like fascinated with German, but he was also really interested in technology and science. Like, you know, right. he, he was interested in things. And he's, he's a training to be a doctor. A, yeah. He bought into certain wor- worldviews for sure. And was interested in dissecting frogs and so forth, you know? Well, it's also sort of like, um, and I guess maybe we should just say what the book is about before we keep digging into Bazarov. But, um, you know, he's 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 also basically there's like hints of, I guess, in, in Bazarov's version of nihilism, there's hints of like what I would call like a like an evolutionary by like an evolute, like an evo psych almost kind of mentality that like all yes. human all human behavior. Like, there's no such thing as principles. There's no such thing as, uh, you know, moral truths or anything like that. It all just derives from kind of our status as a certain type of uh, critter, as it were. Yeah, he's a materialist, basically. Like, yeah, yeah. He, 
he's like he's like sneering at all of the sentimentality and romanticism of our philosophy and our social constructs because he's like at the end of the day he's trying to prove that we're all billiard balls right just sort of like bouncing off of each other right like the sort of humian humian take on it yeah yeah um all right well the uh let's 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 just i'll briefly talk about the plot and then we can jump dig back into it um so basically the book is about um two it's about sort of like you know families in general but it's mainly about these two young guys right arkady kirsanov and uh bazarov i forget his first name um and I will say the the reputation of Russian literature for being confusing in its naming conventions uh, held up for me in this book. <laughs> like yes. everyone has four different names and a title and yeah. uh, like, you know, a, a patronymic version of the name and fucking <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the way that they're referred to in different social situations changes the, the way the name is pronounced and said. And it's just yeah. it is a lot to keep up to keep up with. Um, but it's not, it's actually not, it wasn't that bad for me, but it, but it was, uh, yeah, that reputation held true to me. Um, yeah, just weird names, you know, weird. <laughs> <laughs> why can't, why, why didn't, why, foreign. I, I don't understand why Turgenev just didn't name these guys like Tom, you know what I mean? Yeah, or Chris. John. <laughs> yeah. Jane. Just be It'd normal. Be just yeah. be normal, Turgenev. Come on. Give me a Wendy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah. <laughs> just saying names yeah. um, so, <laughs> Kylie yeah. yeah so anyway so um, we have Kirsanov and Bazarov and Kirsanov has just um, graduated you know college or whatever the equivalent would have been in Russia at that time um, and he's returning home to his father um, Nikolai and uh, his uncle Pavel who lives with his father um, and you know importantly the book is set in 1859 which is two years before the end of like formal serfdom in russia right um and so these all of these families that are in the book are sort of varying degrees of upper crust uh rich like they own land and they have peasants and serfs that are basically theirs and they work the land and pay them you know uh, uh like rent i suppose um well, no, they're switching over to the rent. Oh, I they're guess. switching. That's right. Yeah, they're on the yeah. verge of like switching because it, it, you know, and that's a sort of undercurrent in the novel. And I think you know it's important that the setting of, is important because um, you know serfdom isn't over yet, but they know that the change is coming, right? So that's it's it's going to be it's a couple years down the road, but it's already sort of in the political um, ether, right? And I think that you know because of it, it, it's set at this point where society is changing so much like that, and and that is also expressed through Bazarov's character, right? Um, okay, so we have Bazarov and Kirsanov who are coming home from college, and um, Bazarov is, uh, you know, theoretically working his way back to his own home, but he's, he's going to stay with Kirsanov and his family for a while. And um, they, they later on in the book, they go to another town, and they meet um, a woman, uh, Anna Sergeyevna, Thor Odinson. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's uh, Odinsov is her name. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically the story is just sort of about 
the the various tensions between the older generation and the younger generation, specifically Bazarov and this new, you know, philosophy of nihilism uh, versus the old kind of like, tr- you know, trad, trad dad, uh, <laughs> <laughs> trad dad views of, of Pavel and Nikolai and um, uh, Bazarov's parents themselves. And then Odinsov, this girl that they meet later, she's a little bit in between because she's kind of like Bazarov curious but also yeah. <laughs> yeah. but also sort of like a proper lady and has like these sort of more trad uh, uh, you know leanings and then her and Bazarov sort of develop this tense um, you know romantic type relationship that neither of them really knows how to handle um, and then uh, you know that's kind of what the story's about and and then uh, yeah we'll get into the details but that's the big picture I think yeah, and then uh, Kirsanov uh, develops a, a similarly interesting, weird romantic relationship with Odinson's uh, younger sister Katya. <laughs> yes, yeah. Odin Odinsov. I just think saying Odinson is funny. That's fine. We can just do it. People will know. Listen, we have our own naming conventions, and if you're confused, like I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Deal with it. Just just get get good. Get good at listening. <laughs> Actively <laughs> listen, please. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah I kind of feel like you were reading like Downton Abbey, but in Russia. <laughs> there, there, there is a down because I mean there's yeah there is a Downton Abbey quality to the book in the sense that like it's just kind of about you know daily life and conversation in the sort of upper crust of society right uh, there's no real like drama or action there is one duel um, yeah. right but uh, nobody dies no they, I mean their guns seem to be old from you know and they they basically shot out like little peas <laughs> from how the duel went. <laughs> Dueling does add, I, yeah, I, I do like the old tensions of just being able to duel about something. <laughs> yeah. People would get into like like 10 duels in their life sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And the guns were so bad, it was just like nothing happened. Yeah. Well, you could kill people too, and it was like fine. It was, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I think I think at this point it's starting to become sort of uncouth, right? Because they this is another kind of like shift, right? So the two people that duel are Bazarov and um, Kirsanov's uncle Pavel, yeah. Um, because Pavel is is very very old school, very like trad, very it's all about tradition, it's all about uh, you know you got to have principles, and and so him and Bazarov just fucking hate each other. Yeah, Pavel's um, constantly soy facing anytime Bazarov is speaking to him. He's he's no yeah, Pavel's just he's just like the fucking stressed forehead kid meme the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's, he's just, just veins just, just throbbing in his forehead every time Bazarov says what he thinks. Um and so uh, you know towards the end or late middle of the book, uh Pavel and Bazarov just kind of like Pavel just comes and he's like, listen, man, I just hate you so much. I want to duel you. And Bazarov's like, fine. And he's like, do you want me to uh, insult you so we have a, a, an actual reason that's not just like nebulous hatred? And Bazarov's like, nah, it's cool. We'll just duel because we don't like each other. But they do have to kind of do it in secret and they don't want to tell anyone. So I think dueling was kind of like on the way out as like a normal practice. Well, who is what the... happens if someone died though, and they'd have to like tell everybody, like, "Oh, we dueled." It's. I, th- I think it was just uh, allowed. Like, you, I don't. I don't think it would have counted as murder or anything, or at least for a while it didn't. I don't know about by this point in Russia. Yeah, I think it started to become like. <laughs> I think part of the difficulties and why it got phased out was exactly that. It's like, 
uh, like we can't just have keep having people allowing to, to kill each other in this weird format, <laughs> you know, like we, we have to dispose of this body and it's like this extra legal category that we have to navigate and all that kind of shit. They're like, we're done with this. Right. Uh, actually, but, thinking that like detectives were like, you guys think this was a murder or a duel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when someone's dead in their best clothes with like a flintlock pistol, you knew it was a duel, probably. Well, and they, I, well I, if I'm like remembering, me, Sergeant. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, Pavel, like they, they like would write a note to put in their pocket, like if they were yeah. the one, if they were the one that died oh, yeah. with like their signature and shit. That was like this was legit. It was a duel. Uh, <laughs> Signed me, and then you had a double. Usually had a second and right. a witness. And a witness, as well. yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah, to keep it, keep it kosher. Exactly. You gotta notarize this murder. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I feel like some like we kept it going into like deep capitalist bureaucracy. So there's just some board like DMV style worker just stamping like dual things. So you can you can do it in a parking lot. Just make sure it's at this time skate frame. <laughs> Just with blocks yeah. and shit. This is just the the fucking the DMV office, but for duels. Yeah, dual MV. <laughs> the dual. <laughs> the Department of Murder and Vengeance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, well, also, I think what they were dueling about was actually like again part of what's interesting about Bazarov and is you you have these tensions where people kind of represent these tendencies or outlooks. Uh, all kind of competing for each other uh, for primacy in, in this world that's changing. But, like, you still get the complicated nature of a lot of the time it is. Like, Bazarov, he's, like, he swears off all of this stuff like romanticism, but ultimately yes. he, he keeps he keeps falling in love. Well, what do you mean keeps? Yeah. Well, it's just like the one time, right, with Odinson. No, and then with, um, not with, <laughs> Odin, not with just with Thor Odinson, but, like, with... Uh, I mean, who, who wouldn't fall in love with Thor Odinson, mm, baby? Mm, Nikolai's unofficial unwed wife. Oh, yeah, Finechka. Finechka, who we is should... the real reason for why they have the duel, because Pavel is secretly in love with her. True. And sees the uh, Bazarov and her smooch yes. in, like, a grove. And in, then a, he's... in a nice perfumed garden. Yeah, and then he's like, <laughs> look, I don't really want to explain why I want to duel you, but I do want to kill you. <laughs> yeah. well, and everyone of... knows that it's basically Finichka, but like they're just like, let's just say we uh, we just are ideologically incompatible, and that's yeah. why we're trying to shoot each other. <laughs> it's like when people get divorced, but they don't want to specify why, so they just say uh, irreconcilable differences. <laughs> exactly, instead of a list of fucking hurt, really hurtful shit. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah right. So for divorces. What was dual force? <laughs> dual force. Du- 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 dual force. Dual force, dual dual dude. And whatever. Yeah. Then you don't even have to split your, uh, you know, true your earnings. It's just like whoever gets killed, you get the all their shit. But it, what yeah. happens if nobody dies? Because people didn't die all the time. You well, just keep you going until someone dies. That. Yeah. Then in you this got case... your lawyers involved after. <laughs> you get. Yeah. You get. We get one attempt. Both parties get two shots, and then yeah, and then it's time to lawyer up and do it the regular way. But yeah, Finechka is interesting because you know, um, so Kirsanov's mother died, right? She's not around anymore, um, and then his dad Nikolai kind of took in this. I, I think she was originally like a you know a surf type girl, right? Um, yeah, and he, you know, they're 
in in a relationship uh, and they have a child but it's not sort of it's kind of illicit you know because she's not from the same social class and like blah 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 and uh, so he's not actually married to her um it's kind of the first like magnanimous thing that arcady does when he comes back is like it's part of like this you know because bizarro doesn't speak really for a large portion of the first like the intro when they're all heading towards he's just brooding yeah, he's just brooding, thinking about how it's all fucking bullshit. Just being a just <laughs> being a cool guy smoking. Yeah. Hot mystery man. <laughs> That's true. Yes, he really. You can tell he, you feel the preening in him, even though he would never admit it. Exactly. Uh, but Arcady or Arcadia, however you say it, um, that's like the first sort of like progressive or like you know uh, liberal thing he does is like he's like enough standing on on tradition like. If you love her father, like that, I do not, you know, I, I do not stand aback at your uncouthness in this endeavor and all this kind of shit. Right, because his 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 father Nikolai at the beginning is like, um, try, he, he like wants to hide it, right? He like keeps yeah. her out of yeah. sight and like doesn't. And then uh, you know, uh, Arkady is is kind of like, oh yeah, this is totally fine as long as your guys are are chill. And he's like, it's awesome. I have another. I have a brother now. Yeah. Kind of a nice, uh, kind of a nice moment. Like yeah. you, you see, like the 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 actual liberating aspects of some of that progressivism. Yes. Um, and I think you're right. That's kind of the first hint at at kind of the shifting mores between the generations, right? One of the early ones. But one well, that and works also for like both. there's a shift with with the with the trads being like wanting the the young lads' approval too, right? Yeah, at some level, right? There's this yeah. sense of like, uh, like he cares about what his son thinks about the situation enough to like want to want to save face, you know? Yeah, and and Bazarov's parents, who we meet much later in the book, are even more like that. They're like, you know, they like worship Bazarov. His father says basically, and they're like yeah. they're deeply cons- and they're they are not as um as well off as Kirsanov's family is, or certainly Odinsov. Um, but you know, so maybe there's a class dynamic there too, but they're, uh, they're, they're deeply concerned about what Bazarov thinks of them and they want his approval while also being the most religious. of Yeah. But, but like secretly they don't want, they don't really want to tell Bazarov. (laughs) They're, they're like, they're veiny, like straining head kid meme, but about not being overly like whatever Christian in front of him. Yeah, exactly. They're they're like, yeah, no, we're cool, we're cool, man, we're cool. Yeah, we're check check it out. I mean, yeah, it's like we maybe we'll go to church on Sunday, but maybe not. Who knows? It's whatever. And <laughs> yeah, then they're like, dude. we're definitely going. The priest is coming to dinner, but like he also like smokes cigars. And yeah, whatever. yeah, it's like, yeah. He's not like lame. Like, he's, you know? yeah, he's not like a loser priest. He's cool. He's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, all the parents are very loyal to their children too. Yes, yes, it's very ho- it's very wholesome. And but like so, the running commentary in the background is like Nikolai, you know, and Pavel. Like I, I think it was Tsar Alexander the Second who was doing the like surf. Uh, it sounds right. I, it was in the notes somewhere. I forget who. I think he was called the Liberator, the Great Liberator, for that. Um, uh, yeah, like, you're right, Alexander the Second. Later assassinated by the inheritors of people like Bazarov's viewpoint, which was interesting. Um, but so they're like, they regard themselves as liberals too, which is I think part of why they're kind of concerned with like being open-minded, but you know, ultimately- The parents beholden, you mean, right? Yeah, the parents yeah. and the uncle even like, but ultimately like beholden to 
yeah, forms of tradition and not knowing what to like let go and what to um what to double down on or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's this uh it's this kind of process of like sifting through at a moment of social change and sort of like what 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 should we keep? Like what's worth keeping and what and what is uh, okay to to jettison, right? From yeah. from and I think that that's for me that's one of the reasons that the book just f- felt like so immediately relevant still exactly. like today yeah. like it, it it seems like a book that's just going to be evergreen you know what i mean like it's it's it's, it's themes and it, um the way that it approaches them at like these moments of kind of social change and it just it just you know and then the tension between the generations over it and i don't know i just but, it, it feels so relevant now but even even the like uh ideas expressed too right like feel extremely contemporary of just the same idea of like a bunch of people who are like this kind of shit work but like we're like mildly critical of it and then like a bunch of young people being like it's all trash right right flush it flush it all yeah we need to dissolve it is is i guess something that has been happening for hundreds of years yeah Uh, it's all trash except for science yeah, well, well, science was science was the new thing, right? Yeah, that was like the new. Um, yeah, it's just it's yeah. like fucking, it's like boomers and zoomers, dude. That's it's like that's what it is. <laughs> that's right. With although you know, if it were written today, we would have a char- a young trad character because yeah, once all again, the, all the trad cons are still uh, still there. There's there 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 are young versions of them today. Yeah, it would be, it would be Ben Shapiro versus uh, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I hate that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think if Bazarov was written today, he'd be like an IT bro. Yes, Which maybe not like him very much. He, yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Be, he would be like. Uh, yeah, he would be like fucking Elon Musk or somebody. Yeah. Just yeah, who clearly views humanity as a bunch of worms, and he's like, yeah, exactly. I shall create the perfect environment for you uh, with my reason. Right, right. Because again, like like we've sort of touched on already, Bazarov's not really like a a nihilist in the extreme sense. Like maybe some some like uh, you know I don't know like someone in you know like Notes from Underground or something like a Dostoevsky character. Like he's he's more like a like a rationalist, you know. Um, IFL science type guy, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but I'm also c- cool and detached. He's not he's not like earnest, and uh, he doesn't soy face. Yeah, and he thinks yeah. other things are stupid too. Like for instance, love, even though he keeps experiencing right. it. Uh, yeah, which is one of the main conflicts because he I think he feels fraudulent, and then he gets mad at himself, and then he's like, I'm gonna cut up way more frogs than usual <laughs> in my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah. to go to the pond to go frog hunting because I really love. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But he also hates what, like art and music. Like there's, yep. There's a part yeah. where someone's talking to him about like a symphony, and he just trails off and becomes brooding. And she's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk to him about this." Yeah, he thinks it's all. Uh, he thinks art is just like, like he's like you said, Matt, like romanticism, and it's just uh, pointless and a silly expression of. Uh, uh, you know, false hopes and stupid principles, and we need to just do everything by science right now. Yeah, it's like it just exacerbates the worst in humanity to keep entertaining like these this side of our false, brains, fault, which is yeah, false beliefs and false ideas. Yeah, like the poets of old, how they used to be criticized for 
corrupting the youth. Right, right. It's a sort yeah. of like platonic. You you know, in the Republic, Plato wants to ban certain instruments and certain types of poetry. It's too inflaming. Yeah, exactly. It inflames the, it inflames the passions of the idiots. Yeah, <laughs> the passions of the idiots is a great title for something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe we, I think we should probably just change the name of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's kind of yeah. like a uh, like a Vulcan. He's he, yeah. He's 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 kind of like a wannabe Spock type guy. But it, yeah, everything is rational. Everything is based on reason. And uh, stoic. anything that can't be like scientifically demonstrated should just go out the window. Yeah. And it's weird because Arkady is like enamored of him as a thinker. Yes. But clearly, like based on maybe just like upbringing, he comes into conflict sort of. It seems like he never really loses a sense that like Bizarrov was correct or like the, you know, that like those ideas are still somehow the most the most cutting edge and the most interesting to him while while going trad by basically at the end. Right, right. Yeah, I think, well, I think, right, uh, Arkady is an interesting character because, like you said, at the beginning, he's full um, down, he's down to the Bazarov Kool-Aid and he's like, this guy's yeah. got it all figured out. And I think, you know, Bazarov is supposed to be um, older than than him. So I think, uh, yeah, like I think, Ar- yeah, Arkady is like in his, <laughs> in his earlier mid-20s and Bazarov's in his early 30s, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but there's always, you see these cracks, right. in Arkady through, throughout the story where like early on Bazarov is just like, man, your dad and uncle fucking suck. They're just loser nerds that are just stuck in the old ways. And they're just, uh, you know, boomer idiots. And, yeah. I'm not Ar- even mad. I just feel bad for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Arkady is like, well, no, man. I mean, they're, they're cool. Like they're, they're good guys. Like that's, that's my family you're talking about, man. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Arkady has, he's right in between, right? He has these, these older principles of, you know, respecting your elders and family and love is okay. And, uh, all, <laughs> and um, all, all of these, uh, you know, what, what Bazarov would call just like cringe, uh, you know, views. Um, but he also still wants to kind of be like Bazarov. Yeah. And he kind of enjoys like bringing Bazarov into that environment and like saying all the scandalous stuff. Cause he's like still like a young guy, like 25. And he's just like enjoying as, you know, his uncle's monocle falls off into his champagne flute because he's so scandalized. Like, oh, my God, you couldn't possibly mean this. And you just Arkady is just clearly like sitting like back, just laughing inside himself, like just like enjoying being the cool, scandalous youngster and showing how far he's gone intellectually. But ultimately, he needs to like pull it back because like the full implications of of nihilism are, are not actually what he wants right yeah arkady is like he kind of just in, he's he, arkady is kind of like at the beginning he's like a 4chan poster he just like enjoys <laughs> he just like enjoys being edgy edge, he just yeah. enjoys being edgy for the sake of being edgy but then like <laughs> when the when the rubber meets the road and it's like you're not allowed to fall in love or listen to music and uh and he's like whoa i don't know about all that <laughs> yeah well he's the first one to fall in love too right he gets married well, Doesn't yeah, he gets married at the end of the book, yeah, to to yeah. Um, Odinsov's sister Katya, and of course, so we should talk about we should talk about this whole that whole section of the book. They kind of wind up uh, just like 
boarding in Odinsov's house for a couple months uh, well, out they, of nowhere, they, right? They all want to go to some, like, aristocratic function of, like, gentry all hanging out at, like, a ball or something. Yes. This is by somebody that... It's uh, what someone Kirsanoff knows, I think, from school. Yeah, Arkady's... Or Arkady's dad. One of his dad's friends or something. He's, like, a government official. Yeah. So they're, like... So, obviously, Bizarre's like, let's go and make fun of it, dude. Let's ironically go to the ball. And, yeah. of course, immediately, like, they're, like, sitting there judging everybody. And then, yeah, Madame Odinsov comes in. And they're both, like, damn. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Duh." laughs> yeah. The 80s slow-mo music plays. Yes. Walks in. Uh, and they're, like, yeah, they... <laughs> They end up like living with their person. The amount of time people spent at each other's houses, which just makes sense based on how annoying, but just chilling, like just sleeping, and, like waking up and just being like, "What are we doing? Constitutional in the garden again?" For yep. Month? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There were some really stark like cult- cultural historical differences there. Just like, what's going on here? It's <laughs> <Yeah, just laughs> like, do you boarding. want to just come stay with me for no reason for a week? Or a month. <laughs> like, long, way longer. <laughs> and they're they're like yeah they're like yeah I need two months to recover from this journey before I may, may take the ne- take take the next leg of the journey and it's like fifteen miles. <laughs> yeah. And then it is just like you know the 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 scintillating Downton Abbey tension where everyone's just a little too close quarters and they're all pining for each other and like it's all meaningful pregnant glances and yes like, yeah i'm not sure if like playing emotion. cards were invented yet so there's like nothing to do but <laughs> ruminate well they have well they had one, no, they, like, have, she, they have cards i think she right? had one neighbor who came over oh, yeah. he like blessedly broke the tension by playing cards and like beating everyone's ass also at yes it. right right and then there's um yeah, I mean, I think like it's it, it is it, he does really effectively communicate that like that tension of just like day after day, like seeing people at breakfast, going for a little walks in the garden together and getting more and more intimate and but like never being able to to do anything about it. And, you know, initially, so initially they're both pining for Odinsov. Yeah, they're like they're kind of getting little like competitive with it and yes. Arkady is clearly on the losing end of that because he's because he's too young because he's a- young a. and he's boring yeah and 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 Odinsov is like this Bazarov guy he he intrigues me with his ideas no frills yeah. he says it like straight shooter dude right well he's also he plays it cool like trying to be sigma male like not really good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's he is really trying to be sigma he's trying so hard <laughs> but that intrigues her because like every other guy that ends up seeing her or liking her is just like, you know, over talks her and tries to play himself up and he's just kind of gives her the cold shoulder. She's, she's like, hmm. Negging. He's negging, basically. Guy. He's yeah. Sigma negging. Um, and, and so, yeah, of course, right? Like she, she sort of spurns Arkady and is, spends more time with Bazarov and Arkady is just like, you know, he, he, he hates it because he's just stuck with like the younger sister who's like, I'm, I, you know, I, I can just hear Arkady being like, I'm not a baby. I'm a I'm a man. I'm a grown man. Like, stop. Why do I have to hang out with the baby? Yeah, and like she's like, Katya, go play, tinkle a little uh, song out on the on the piano for our baby friend here. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And I I forget how old Katya is supposed to be. I think she's a little like younger than Arkady. Twenty. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe even like late late teens, eighteen, nineteen, or something like that. And yeah, yeah, nineteen Odin actually like twenty nine. Odin, yeah, Odinsov is like around the same age as Bazarov. 
or, yeah. or early 30s or something like that. Right. Washed up, dude. Yeah. Too, yep. 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 Never well, it, it's so funny. No, she was married. Her She was married. Her husband died. She married like an older guy. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and she marries again in the epilogue. Yes. Another old rich guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that, that dynamic was kind of sad. It, I mean, like, Arkady eventually genuinely falls for Katya, and that, that's like a happy ending for them. Yeah. But like, Odinsov and uh, Bazarov's dynamic. Tragic. You can, you can. I I feel like I've been in pseudo romantic. Matt is Bazarov, dude. He's Ooh, Matt Matt's, Matt's, Matt's Matt's over here. Like he's literally me. <laughs> dude, literally it me. Oh my god, I can't stress enough how much Bazarov's like me. <laughs> no, but just that kind of like. No, exhaustion. go ahead. Yeah, tell us about your failed uh, romances. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, just in the sense of like, uh, it's like the, the the sort of exhausted energy around it, like even right at the jump. And how that wasn't going to be conducive to any sort of like actual romance. It's just like they're too cynical already, right? And it's like it just dooms it from the start. And they're just kind of like orbiting each other weirdly. And but I get the sense that Bazarov was actually like fighting back the fact that he actually really did feel something. And Odin saw, oh yeah, was the oh, one who yeah. never like she was like she thought maybe, and then really quickly was like. No, he's just a fun, like, uh, sort of conversation partner, and he kept the torch, and she was, like, done. Right, right. And, and you know, yeah. the the sort of um, culminating, uh, you know, moment for them is, like, they're in, the ro- they're in the room, they're in her room, and they're having this super, like, dancey conversation where they're <laughs> like, we're like, well, what, what are you thinking? It's like, well, what are you thinking? Like, well, I, what, 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 I don't know. What, I don't know. What are you thinking? What's on What's on your mind? Well, you, you hang go, up first. Yeah, you go first. You you say it. You say it. <laughs> um, and then Bazarov ultimately kind of, like, uh, you know, snaps, and he's like, I'm madly in love with you. I fucking, I want to spend my entire life with you. I'll do anything for you. Are you happy now? You know what I mean? There it is. I fucking said it. And then he kind of, like, um, leaves. Well, no, he, he he kind of like uh, goes to like attack her. It seems like almost right. Remember this? He like lunges at her, like, and she's like, "Whoa, chill the fuck out, dude! I don't know what you're. What are you doing? No, get out!" Ah, ah. Um, yeah, I imagine that he was lunging at her with per- perch lips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Closes yeah, his eyes, my maiden. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she's like, "No," and then Bazarov runs away in shame forever yeah well i mean there's nothing more attractive than a sigma male who reveals that he's actually beta and loves love <laughs> yeah his yeah. fucking gooey underbelly exposed yep. just yep. pathetically and i think uh so then of course the ending of the the book as, as matt already said katya and arkady wind up getting married um uh pavel and nikolai sort of reconcile themselves to like yep we, we we're uh, we're basically just libs we have some of these. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. have some of these. We have some of these old views, and uh, that's okay. We don't have to be totally up with all of the new uh, intellectual trends, and that's fine, right? And yeah. um, Nick Nikolai hep, hep cats. What? We don't have to be hep cats. Right. What does that mean? That's the old hip cat, which is an anachronistic phrase for being hip. Oh, from I never like heard. The, that. I don't know, thirties or something. I've never heard that before. <laughs> hep cat. All right, that's yeah. what's up. Hep cat. Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. I can say understand that why that phrase died out because it's not catchy <laughs> or memorable. True. <laughs> um, and then it sounds you know, like hepatitis C cat. 
And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. And uh, Nikolai, you know, and Pavel, because Pavel is kind of injured after his duel. He does get shot in the leg by um, uh, Bazarov, but he doesn't actually die. And so he's kind of like, you know, thinking about his own uh, mortality and his, his life and whatnot. And he sort of gives Nikolai, not permission, but he just kind of says to him, like, man, you should fucking uh, marry Fenechka, dude. I don't know what you're doing. And and Nikolai's like, oh my god, I I I wanted to do it for so long, but I thought you wouldn't approve. And so they kind of like again take that step together, it, it little baby steps into the future, as it were. Yeah, and it is it is a weird. There's a little bit, a couple more layers to all of that symbolically too, because you know obviously, like we said, Pavel was a little bit enamored with Fenichka. Right. and was just never able to act on it out of propriety. Whereas he hates Bizarrov for being capable of not having any decorum and just doing what he wants like he's really right <laughs> he really like resents that fact so i think he needed his uh, brother to make it official so that she was truly off the table at least in his like old school mind of like okay they've done the symbolic they've taken the sacrament and uh, i i now can like take my leave and i can like so. shut the door on that as a possibility right instead of tor- tormenting myself about that but he still has to leave like he still lives in uh germany somewhere yeah he afterwards. moves he moves to dresden at the end yeah um and he's just kind of the, the cool weird russian guy among the <laughs> yeah. germans basically that's kind of the rest of his life um but you know the big ending of course is bazarov uh you know is attempting to help a, a peasant in the village who has like um or no he's like dissecting a dead body right someone dies of like Typhus, I think. blood poisoning, basically, like yeah. whatever it's called, and um, he 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 like nicks his finger as he's digging around in this person's fucking body, and then he gets blood poisoning, uh, and um, he's basically on his deathbed, sort of staring staring down death with the, his sort of nihilistic worldview, um, and that process is uh, of course like not, you know, he doesn't. I wouldn't say he changes his outlook in the face of death per se but he does finally sort of like admit he sends a letter to Odinsov and she shows up and he's already kind of like losing his mind and uh, she gives him a kiss on the forehead and then he dies yep and I think you know I think this is I think this is Turgenev kind of like I, I think this book is pretty clearly like pro not necessarily pro trad but like anti nihilism obviously right um, that was my read anyway. Yeah, yeah I would I th- say so. I think because I think Turgenev was it or Turgenev was in uh, was in the proto sort of circles of this kind of thing because he knew a lot of like super interesting people and uh, I think was around these ideas, which is why he was able to render them in such a way. But it does feel like Gabe, you're saying like ultimately. He tries. He he does kind of have it a little bit both ways. He dances yeah. around it, but like it seems to land on the side of critique, of of, of nihilism, bizarre of nihilism. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I mean I think you know it's it, like Turgenev is kind of like arguing f- in favor of like sort of like slow and steady social progress versus like burn it all down, nothing matters. You know what I mean? Because uh, like the characters in the book, even the trad ones, do sort of evolve over the course of the book. Like Pavel, say, you know, with his uh, wanting uh, Nikolai to marry Fenechka, which would be uh, untoward in previous eras. Um, right. And so there are like little steps all these characters take. Uh, but I think Turgenev is sort of saying like, you know, with with um, Bazarov inevitably sort of falling in love and... and uh, uh, Arkady, you know, falling in love with Katya, and Katya 
importantly, is a piano player, as you said, and, you know, the whole critique of art and music, and that's part of why Arkady winds up loving her, and they bond over the, the music and all that stuff. Right. I think Turgenev is kind of saying, like, you can say you're a nihilist, but, like, this stuff is just an inevitable, inevitable, unavoidable part of human experience. Like, love and appreciation of art and, like, being affected by these things. Like, yeah. So even if you say you're a nihilist, you, you can't actually live your life that way. Right. The the hard line. Like, because this is coming, like, like I think Turgenev knew, like, literally, like, Marx and Engels and... Probably. Bruno Bauer... Yeah. And like Max Stirner even, potentially? Maybe, I don't know. Uh or at least was like a read his 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 ideas or whatever. But uh Yeah, maybe knew of. So yeah, this nihilism is it's it, it is sort of this sort of like it mixed with the anarchism to come with like the revolutions in like 1905 and 1917 like you know, you think of bomb throwers and all this kind of stuff is like on the horizon as well. Something that Turgenev couldn't have known either. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's just interesting to think about kind of the Marxism and like the failed project of German idealism and the critique that obviously came out Who of that. Who says failed? Like ni- well, <laughs> I'm joking. Not completed, let's just say. Uh, big, True. Big old question mark, I guess, if you want to be generous. Um so yeah, it, it is coming out of those like intellectual traditions of like the young Hegelians all critiquing each other, and then out of that comes like people like Stirner, uh, and then I, I see Bizarov as more having like a anarchist, egoist kind of Stirnerist thing mixed with the new religion that would become like scientism, right, right, and have its own set of critiques applied to it. But at right. the time, it was like, yeah. You think Bazarov was a Stirnerist? Not not in the not in like a uh, one to one way, but not I in think the right like, way. Not in the right way, but I think uh, I think Tergenev himself was like aware of some oh, of those yeah, ideas, yeah. and like he, ma- I feel like he mixed a lot of stuff into Bizarrov because like when when people read this book, they a lot of he made everyone mad because he was like all the gentry were like we seem lame and unprogressive, <laughs> and then all the all the people who were like revolutionary nihilists and stuff were like That's- you don't you don't get us. Yeah, you don't get us. That's wrong. We don't think that. Like, blah, blah, blah. He just, like, pissed everyone off. Which is good. That's a good sign for a book like this. Of course, yeah. 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 Um, well, we're uh, rapidly approaching an hour here, so uh, we should uh, maybe move oh into closing segments. There's a uh, a lot more to talk about, obviously, uh, about this book. So uh, if you want to hear if you want to hear the rest of the conversation... You know what to do. Go to patreon.com slash minecrackers. Sign up mm-hmm. for uh, uh, for being a patron, I suppose. Say it. And yeah. uh, it's just uh, $2 a month to hear the full episodes and join our lovely, fun community over on Discord mm. where we have the best of the best people. We only have the best people. I, we only... <laughs> They're all the best. <laughs> people su- are saying this. People are saying this everywhere. We surround ourselves with the best people. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah you can for as little as two dollars a month and if you want to pay a little more five bucks or whatever we have other videos and things on there bonus videos that sort of uh thing so yeah patreon.com slash we love it and we love it to have you there yeah all right so yeah. as i said there's a lot more to, to say but we'll have to say it after the jump in the meantime Da 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 da
you're a nihilist, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool if that's what happened to Harry. He just turns into a total, he just gives up. Instead of becoming a CIA agent, he becomes just a full-on, like, oh, you can just rip your soul apart and all this kind of shit. Damn, that's actually really traumatic to my worldview. I'm going to just be a nihilist. Harry Potter is the underground man. Yeah. Well, that book, that book, by the way, just another side note, uh, was a reaction to another thinker reacting to Terjanev's Fathers and Sons. Right. What like book, some dude, I think Chernyshevsky or something. I think it's uh, what to... No, not Harry Potter. <laughs> Notes from Underground, the Dostoevsky book. Yeah, I think he was reacting to, like, what's to be done or something like that. Uh, Maybe. Again, critiquing an, an idealistic pro-nihilism, kind of pro-Bazarov viewpoint uh, by by showing what kind of, like, shitty person would be born out of that also. Right. If they, like, were to take it seriously. Right, exactly. Um, Thank you. Are, Anywho, so uh, this segment is called We Literally Just Read Another Book, which means we get to talk about Harry Potter. And uh, we're going to put the characters from the book that we just read into their respective Harry Potter houses. And uh, that's the name of the game. And there's quite a bit of them. There's a lot, yeah. I don't know how many we have to do exactly, but I think like at least four or five. So we, yes. didn't, re- we didn't really talk about Cookshin at all or Sitnikov, so I think we can leave them on the table for Patreon uh, segment maybe. Yeah. Um, you could put all the boomers in the Hufflepuff category. How about that? <laughs> all boomers all boomers are Hufflepuff. Sorry, all boomers. <laughs> Nikolai Kirsanov is a boomer. <laughs> when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show, it was huge. <laughs> you, should, you should pay back your loans. I don't know about yeah. all this student debt relief. <laughs> I'm all for making college cheaper, but I don't know about all this debt relief stuff. <laughs> It I might knock my, my son off his grind. I bought stocks. <laughs> yeah, you should buy it. You should buy a home. It's cheaper than renting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, wait. So, Paul, you think all of the boomers are are Hufflepuff? I think I think uh, Bazarov's parents are definitely Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely Hufflepuff. They're strong, like strong Hufflepuffs too. I think Bazarov is Slytherin. I think yeah, Bazarov's got to be like the definition of Slytherin, right? He's all about himself and and like, but he's not ambitious. But he is in his own mind because it proves something to himself that he's like able to. He's like a purity tester kind of ideolo- ideology guy. Like he's yeah. like, how nihilist can I be if I'm going to indeed be a nihilist? Like, and he gets annoyed when he can't, but it's all about him. And it's it's yeah he is sort of ambitious in the sense that like he wants to be a the great nihilist thinker of his time, right? Yeah. I also think he's just like he's actually I think he's actually ambitious about being like socially uh, revered. Mm. You know, it, it's not like he he's not like not going to these balls and shit. He's going because he wants yeah. people to think he's cool. Right, that's true. <laughs> and when everyone's like, "Oh, you just you you intimidate me so with your rhetoric," you know he's like, "Oh yes, he yeah. fucking like, loves oh, it." Fuck. Holy <laughs> hipster, hipster cooming right there. Yeah, 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 he fucking loves it. Just huge hits of yeah, just like adrenaline and. Um, what about okay? Yeah, I think we agree on Bazarov being Slytherin, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so what about what about uh, what about uh, Arcady? Arkady is 
I don't know. I, I, I still just want to put him in Hufflepuff. I don't know. There's something about this book where I'm just like, I feel like everyone's a Hufflepuff. But it Ever. might just be because of tradition, boring historical nature of what they do from day to day. <laughs> There's no action. There's no yeah. action to prove their bravery. That's true. Right. That's They're not true. playing Quidditch, for instance, <laughs> yeah. to show who they are. I think uh, I think I think Arcady might be might be a a Ravenclaw. Defend yeah. your position here with that. I'm just kind of grasping in the dark here because it's a tough uh, one. I mean, he. It's all smoke at this foundation. He's a, yeah, he's yeah, Ravenclaw. exactly. He's he okay. Here's my kind of justification. He's interested in, you know, like ideas, and he wants to sort of like learn, and he's a, a good student seemingly. Um, but he also has an appreciation for things like art and music and the, the sort of like, uh, finer human experiences. Um, and he resists Bazarov kind of on the, partially on the basis of that. Um, his mind ironically kind feels of more, more open for not dismissing everything in the kind yeah. of like blinkers of, uh, uh, just an ideology. Right. Um, I think he also shows, like, an open-mindedness to even become friends with Bazarov, you know? Right. He's, like, open to his thinking, and then after a certain point, he comes back to his own thinking. He sort of, yeah, he takes it in, he processes it, and then he kind of, you know, critiques it to a degree and maybe keeps some of it. It's good good intellectual practice. Yeah, and you can can see the difference in the fact that, like, I think Arkady is is not, um, he never denounces Bazarov. He's, like he's like still like you're my friend you're my friend and Bazarov's the one who's like we shall now have to definitively part ways as yes. we cannot see eye to eye it's like exactly Bazarov yeah, is super cold yeah he's the one that's shut down so I, I'll, I'll actually agree yes Ravenclaw Paul what do you think do you agree yeah I agree oh my god I love it I love that we agree <laughs> if we didn't agree we'd have to part ways forever and stop being friends we'd have to all yeah. we'd have to all drive thousands of miles to duel each other exactly yes well, a three way duel because we have to take their gloves off to slap each other in the face yeah we, we have to do that first <laughs> uh, um, all right, that's so the best part of the duel is the slap the slap 100% yeah. the glove, the that's glove the, removal and the, snu- and the slap that's the yes. best part I always wondered though, like when you take a glove off, it usually comes off annoyingly and inside out. So is there a moment where like they take the glove off and they turn it in, outside in and then no, they you slap? want the you want the inside because it's the smelly part. Too. Yeah, that's what oh, you hit them yeah, with. That's like the, the sweaty part. Yeah, moment. That's even more of an insult. Um, what about Nikolai? I think Nikolai he's like trouble. a very. I think he's a Hufflepuff as well. Puff. He's a good guy, I, I actually think. Yeah, he's a good guy, and he loves his son, and uh, he loves Insofar as Fenechka. he can still own serfs and be, you know, chill. But he's well, yeah. he's putting him on the rent system, so I guess, you know, he's just being a landlord soon. Which is... Uh, awesome. Still bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Baby steps, 1862, yep. baby that's steps. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I buy, buy, I buy Puff. He's just kind of like a chill, a chill bro. Yeah. What about Pavel? Pavel's oh. Slytherin. You think Pavel's Slytherin? Okay, why? Uh, I'm going purely on a potentially reductive, just he's... <laughs> Bad. <laughs> no, he's just very vain. Yeah, oh, yeah, super vain. He's very, That's, like, he always gets super dressed up and perfumed. 
he was like once like so beautiful he was like a beautiful young man and he's still oh, yeah, like that's is super meticulous his mustache is like perfectly trimmed and, and he's, he's and he think he's sort of bitter about getting older too right like just this is the other thing we didn't really say about pavel's characters like he's i think he's part of his anger at the younger generation isn't just because he disagrees with their ideas it's because like he's you said man he, he's not hot anymore he's he's, yeah. he, he's bitter at just like aging physically right yeah, he used to be like slithering. a fuckboy socialite and uh every, <laughs> everyone was eyes on him all the time and mm-hmm. he's like phasing out of relevance and he's definitely mad about that for sure yeah yeah i think that's a sliv <laughs> <laughs> easy sliv which is weird because voldemort obviously about his appearance he's the most slithered and he's the most, i have his to say this real quick away. i had a dream last night that about Voldemort and there was three of them and I was one of them <laughs> and we were in this like pyramid and we were, we all had a team up we were like oh we're all Voldemorts but we have to find this jewel to like make us stronger and and one of the one of the Voldemorts was like the like more strong and he left for a minute and the other Voldemort and I was a Voldemort <laughs> the other Voldemort that I was left with like did a spell on me and, and he was like telling me to kill myself <laughs> And I was like, dude, no, we got to find the jewel. We got to find the jewel. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. I'm trying to unpack that at all, that and I so don't know what to do. Funny. I don't know what to do with it either. I woke up laughing. I was like, just, I'm just, dreaming about being Voldemort. I'm just picturing I'm just picturing fucking Indiana Jones, Voldemort, searching a pyramid for a jewel. There's three. There's three. With with Indiana Jones hats and like whips, but it's Voldemort. And they're constantly turning at each other because they want to be the best Voldemort. I like how one is was clearly in your dream, just obviously the strongest, although you're all the same looking and you just left. Yeah. Like, the strongest one's gone. The dream logic, it totally tracks. Yeah, the, the, he immediately was like trying to fight me and make, make me kill myself. Was he doing a Vada Kedavra? Uh, I don't know what he was doing. He uh, was trying to mind control you. Wow. He was. Yeah, wow. Oh, that's yeah. really funny. But I was Voldemort, so I was, <laughs> I was able to resist. <laughs> oh my oh god, bro. Um, all right, well, <laughs> what about, uh, I think there's only one more we need to do. Or maybe we can do Katya. What about Odinsov? I think she's um, Gryffindor. Yeah. She's Gryffindor, yeah. Like, she's, she's very, uh, you she know... Just, gets what she wants yeah she knows what she wants and she does it but like not in a slytherin way no but kind of in a slytherin way i don't know is she she's kind of she just kind of like marries old rich guys that she doesn't actually like well everyone's self-serving and it's not clear that uh in the book anyway i mean but like and it's not clear that the second guy is supposed to be again it's an epilogue throwaway but like he's supposed to be like the 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 perfect match for her chilly, cynical view. It's right. Like they, they, they hint like maybe even love could blossom from such a right. True. Utilitarian arrangement. True. Yeah. Because she doesn't give a shit, which is why I agree that she's a Gryffindor. Right. Well, her her lifestyle and her, like her upbringing like warrants a passionless life. I think there was a a segment about that. Like describing her character, she just like well, because she also had a very uh, difficult childhood. She didn't come from wealth originally, right? Oh, I'm I'm getting it mixed up with this segment about 
like this. Who is Anna something? That's her. That's Odinsoff. Yeah. See the names, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, because she has another Anna name. Sir, like... Sir Gain Gevna? Yeah, that's that, her. Yep, that's oh, Odinsoff. Okay. Yeah. So I thought it was, and then I was confused. But yeah, I don't remember her having a bet like a a non wealthy upbringing. She mentions it when she's talking to um, Bazarov a couple times. Like you know, I I I kind of came from where like same as you. Like I've I've seen some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't been raised in in like uh you know silver like not a silver spoon type way. She's now she's just like the the dowager whatever Down Abbey person status. Right. Yeah, there's this. I want to read this line real quick. It's yeah, like, do it. Had she not been rich and independent, she would perhaps have thrown herself into the struggle, and have known passion. So she must. Uh, well, I she's got the impression that she got rich like fairly early on. Was it from her first husband? Yeah. Bas- okay. Yeah. Who was much older right. and died. And then died. Yeah. And that's an interesting little throwaway line too, just about you know. Again, t- thinking about what Russia. <laughs> what kind of conflicts await Russia and the sort of revolutionary passion being in those with some shit to gain. And obviously just kind of being a cold liberal, uh, aristocrat, if, uh, who can kind of entertain those ideas, but needs to retreat. Cause ultimately it's pretty comfy where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. What about, should we do Katya or no? I don't, she's, nah. I don't know. I don't know if we get a good, she's, she's kind of, I don't know. I think she's too young to really like know what she is like. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least that's the way she's written, even though she's like twenty. Yeah, she's just kind of underwritten, is all. She's she yeah she's she's I mean I feel like the way she was written is like she was like thirteen or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I think she is literally nineteen. I think they say. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Not that it would matter in this time period, but. She's kind of I don't know I like I do like Katya as a character. Well, we can talk about her some more in the Patreon segment. I think she would be. Uh, I think she. I think she's probably Griff at the end of the day, same as her sister. She's she yeah, kind of really. she's kind of living in she's kind of living in in Anna's shadow, you know. She's um, a little bit intimidated. Yeah, and at the end of the day, she is also like she knows like look, man, like uh, technically I'm I don't have any technically I'm poor as shit because none of this money is mine. It's all my sister's because she inherited all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think and she she cha- I think she challenges um, uh, Arkady a number of times on like his bullshit. Like she really pushes back on him effectively um, uh, in a couple of conversations. I'll like, buy it. Like, dude, you're kind of an idiot. Yeah. So you're going Griff. I'm going Griff. Okay. Yeah. Quiet. Uh, she has a quiet strength of a Griff. <laughs> Agreed. I'll do Hufflepuff with Gryffindor Rising. Okay. <laughs> like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. That, good. Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, good series of books about fantasy. You should go read them. Do you, guys uh, have a, do you guys have a word? I do. I yeah, don't. I do. Matt, come on, bro. Well, I can just say Samovar. Okay. What does that mean? It's like a, a Russian uh, tea, tea kettle. Was oh, it even in the book? Yeah, that's in the book. No, 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 that's in the book. Okay. I almost I almost picked that one. Um, S-A-M-O-V-A-R. Samovar. By the way, this segment is where we uh, pick a word from the book that was either new to us or would be a good uh, Scrabble word. Uh, I think Samovar would be a good Scrabble word. It's untitled untitled segment. Yeah, still in, in development. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's a good Scrabble word. It might be, it might be approaching long. a little lengthy to make it really effective, but... It's, I mean, it's exactly seven letters, so you theoretically could have it all at once. Do you have a word game? I do have a word. My word is um, Sybarite. S-Y-B-A-R-I-T-E. Nice. And uh, I did not know that word before, and apparently it just means someone who, uh, who, who enjoys sort of leisurely living and kind of sitting around, not really doing anything. Fucking pleasure uh, lazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice, that's a good word. Sybarite. What's yours, Paul? Sybarite. You guys probably know that. I didn't know this word. Uh, enerva- enervated. To oh, yeah, enervated, yeah. Lacking physical, mental, or moral vigor, drained of energy or vitality. Enervated. Love it. Use Good word. Yeah. Good word. <laughs> Paul is, uh, Paul feels, Paul is enervated right now because it's too early in the morning. Right. Yeah, I'm so tired. <laughs> um, well, all right, laddies. That means there's only one thing left to do, mm-hmm. and that's give this book a number score out of five. Does not. I get to go last. I, okay, I'm going first. I get to go last because I picked the book, and that's the rule that we have. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, rules are good. Hey, Paul, sh- hey, can you uh, shut up, dude? Stop coughing. No. <laughs> I'm drooling. You're ruining the show. <laughs> I like thinking like of it that. as a show. Yeah, it is a show. <laughs> You're ruining the show, dude. Um, I, I like... my natural body doing things. I'm sorry. I like... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, I actually I, I liked I enjoyed this one. I I had a kind of almost like a student like reaction to being assigned reading for this one because it's a cl- <laughs> just because it's like a classic. Sure. Which was kind of like a throwback sensation to me. I was like, God, I gotta gotta read some Russian classic. Uh, but no, I, I think it, I was just sort of um, I feel like I read it like. It just hit well, like uh, like Gabe was saying, the 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 issues at stake and the kind of tensions and dynamics. Whenever I read something, yeah, like hundreds of years in the past, and this is what's fun about reading old books. And it, it, a big part of the joy of reading old books is reading what's remained basically exactly the same. Like, and and that always uh, is like somewhat alienating and comforting at the same time. Yeah, and uh, so that just kind of general experience reading these people, these really well rendered, I think, to uh, like characters. I feel like Turgenev and and, and novels um, from this time period really like take their take their time developing these characters, and I, I I also just really you know enjoy family dynamics and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know, it it it, it kind of hooked me and i and i thought it was really good obviously it's a uh, world famous uh and so it's 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 not going to be that earth shattering to say that the book is very good and uh the evergreen quality of it is to me a hallmark of just important and good literature in general and uh yeah i'm gonna uh, go ahead and give it a uh 4.2 wow Excellent. Uh, damn. Yeah, I had a totally different view. <laughs> I just, I came, I was just like, uh, the my natural reaction of this is, is I'm bored. <laughs> I'm, I was bored throughout. Most it's of it. Paul, old bad, Matt, nuke bad. Right. That's yeah, that the yeah. dynamic that we yep, have. Yep. Yeah. Paul, Maybe Paul, old bad. No, I don't know. I just, I felt like so stupid thinking it the whole time. I was just like, no. I was like, the pace of it. And, 
is fascinating to me and just like it, it's like reading a relic or an antique like even the language even though it's translated and all that it's just like I just read it and I'm like wow everything's so different now everyone speaks so weirdly and cares about weird things <laughs> <laughs> so in that way it was fascinating but overall I was just like <laughs> in the stupidest but most serious way ever I was like bored you know like I want more action I want more things to happen <laughs> so I know that that's like a dumb take but it's like my my natural gut reaction to the reading experience was like I'm bored um so yeah I'm just going on that reaction alone mostly not I'm not taking into the like any historical value or, <laughs> or anything so I'm just going to give it like a 2.9 Damn, hater. Disparity, disparity. <laughs> yeah, major disparity. Dude. <laughs> hey, as as they say, there's no accounting for taste, you know. True. Um, yeah, I fucking uh, loved this book. I thought it was amazing, and wow. I think I think it's it's clearly a a, a world renowned classic for a reason. And I think a big part of that reason is, uh, like, like Matt already mentioned, and I mentioned earlier, like, because um, I said it first earlier than Matt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, yeah, I think that that quality of just like reading it in 2022, how deeply immediate it still feels to like contemporary concerns to me. You know, in terms of like there's so much generational tension right now between the boomers and the younger generations about, you know, all kinds of shit and, you know, the sort of um, resurgence of like trad con certain trad ideologies and on, on, the, on the right and, and in various other quarters. I just found it to be like, uh, you know. I was shocked at how relevant itself still felt. I, you know, going into it, I was sort of like, okay, this is going to be like a, you know, weird sort of a snapshot of of a very particular moment in Russian history, like a parlor um, drama or something. Yeah, yeah, and like it's it's going to be expressing you know concerns that are like very that are very like unique or particular to that moment in history. Um, but I found it to be not like that at all. I found it to be like very universally relevant um and i really think turgenev captures he does such a good job of like writing these these like tense scenes like where matt said like these like little glances or small like like phrases that are said really like he captures that that intensity in those rooms which i think is you know a microcosm of the the, the tension in society as a whole right um and uh, yeah, so I loved it. I really, I think, and the ending I thought was uh, very sad. We didn't really talk about uh, like Bazarov's parents going to his grave in that final scene, and I thought that was like just beautifully written. And yeah, um, there's a lot of other great. Just we didn't really talk about the writing much. We'll have to do that in the Patreon segment. But I think there's a lot of really just beautiful passages as well, just from a prose perspective. Um, so yeah, I loved it. I uh, want to read more Turgenev and. Uh, it's a, I give I give it a four point five. Fuck yeah! Yeah. Wow. I thought it was I thought it was uh, just uh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm such a boss around with this book. I just hate old. <laughs> True, Paul. You're the you're the true Bazarov, dude. Yeah, I was Bazarov for a little bit, but now you are, <laughs> and you're Voldemort. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul hates old. 
I hate all get out. <laughs> Make room for the new. Make room for the new words. Uh, all right. Well, that was uh, Fathers and Sons by Ivan Turgenev. Yeah. And we thank you deeply for listening. Thank you and, so much, uh, guys. And we would thank you even more if you go to patreon.com slash spinecrackers and subscribe for $2. Easy. Or, or more. That's right. Yes. Uh, uh. You'll get stuff like that, <laughs> but more of it, which you want. Yeah, you're going to get that, baby. The Rick Sanchez burp, the patented Gabe, Gabe Sanchez. Yeah, that's right. Except this time it's turkey bacon fueled. Yeah, that's right. Instead of beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we will uh, see those of you who are sticking around after the jump because we love you, our patrons, and uh, we'll talk some more about this uh, this book, and we'll talk about whether or not uh, Matt is a trad, and uh, mm-hmm. all of, we'll talk about uh, some other characters and stuff. And I think this, I think there's a lot more to say. Oh, for sure. All right, everyone. Thanks. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.